0: I was telling you yesterday that they were due for a loss after winning six straight. They weren't due for an ass-weapon, though. That's what uh,
1: that no, was. They, got, they got annihilated down there, and I think that a lot of people sort of thought to themselves after the two games, oh, this series is over. I mean, there's no way that Washington's going to come back. I still think the Celtics are going to win the series, but I think it's foolish to have thought after two games and how close they were, not to mention how Washington got out to two huge leads in game one and two. And that goes back to the regular season as well, where they've taken big leads over the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, and in a place like the Verizon, what is it, the Verizon Wireless Arena? Nope, just Fire Ver- Verizon Center. The, Verizon, <laughs> Center discussion down. On the, way the Verizon Center down in Washington has not been a friendly place for the Celtics. Um, no, they've been... Ass whooped. Absolutely, and Washington plays really well there. They've got one of the best home records in the league. So I don't know why anyone thought that it was going to be a cakewalk going down to Washington for the following two games, and it showed on Thursday. I mean, mean,
0: when you go up two nothing, well, you you didn't really go
2: up two nothing. You were down like double digits after the first quarter in both games. Right?
3: Yeah, th- they got their butts kicked, and hostility is all over the place with this series. A lot of guys don't like each other.
2: K.O. K.O. crime.
3: Yep, and, and you had uh, George Jurepko and Mahimi going at it. And, and you, you had uh, Brandon uh, Jennings and Terry Rozier. So, th- this is a great yeah, Brad series. Stevens that, 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 getting a technical. I don't know
0: what it is about right now with Boston and that area of the country. I was about it's to say. Baltimore, Maryland. D.C. area. Yeah. Like, they just don't like that area right now. There's a heated rivalry. They fight. Yeah, there's Love something it. going
1: on there. But, hey, I- I'll tell you what. This is sort of what basketball is missing a lot of times, I feel like. is it Not necessarily toughness, because I think that in the playoffs, the intensity gets ramped up, mm-hmm. you know, to some degree. But, I mean, there's hatred here i like there's it. hatred between washington and the celtics and it really goes back to that regular season game if you remember they went down to washington and they wore the all black did the wizards well the game uh, be- getting ready for a celtics funeral remember well, that the game beforehand
3: it was uh jay crowder and john wall going at it john wall like pointed uh to jay crowder's nose and basically touched him and jay crowder flipped out um, you know, it's stuff like that though that makes it. I worth it was watching. the other way around. At least
0: we don't have Rondo tripping people. Wasn't it series. Jake Crowder touching John Wall's nose? Either way, I I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone way, touched someone's yeah, nose and they don't like
2: it. Exactly. Would you like it if someone touched your nose? Issues? No,
0: it's an invasion of personal space. Well, you don't do it. You you cared like, about. It's fine. Well, but then, yeah, then, but if this, I came up to you right now and I smacked you across the face or like at least your what? nose, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's the difference. The touching
2: someone's nose. It's just
3: annoying, if anything. But right. the, I guess the silver lining behind this though is John Wall and Isaiah Thomas have mutual respect for each other. So. Um, so two, you think the two leader? Uh, no, they do. So you they think. definitely do. Off the court, it's different from on the court. That's how it usually is. But with John Wall, you know, he's an explosive guy. He's an elite player in this league. So him and Isaiah see eye to eye. They know what their initial goal is. Um, so you know, they're talented players. They can make shots when it's when it matters. So um, not necessarily does I, Isaiah Thomas doesn't really make his players better around him. John Wall does. So I think that's the difference between the two. Um, but, I mean, John Wall is fun to watch. This series is fun because of, you know, the two teams going at it, but also the talent that's on the floor.
1: Yeah, who do you think has more talent overall? That's, I think, been sort of a uh, so, an overlying question. Because overall? The, the starting five of the Wizards was, is, is yeah, more but, talented. Oh, yeah,
2: but then deeper, yeah. they go to the bench, and it's awful.
1: And it's that sort of old question now with the NBA is, does that matter? If you have a deeper bench, does that matter at all when you have the better talent and you're starting five? It doesn't it does. matter
3: if you, it doesn't matter if you have a uh, uh, talented starting five. It right. matters If you have depth. Right. Because you need depth is huge. You need because, people to come
2: in to hold hold the fort down. Well, well yeah.
3: When Isaiah's out and Avery. Well, Bradley,
2: no. I, we're talking about Washington. Uh, w- Washington has a way superior starting five.
3: Right. But what I'm saying from a standpoint, so there's two different animals here. You have the Celtics who have a lot of depth. They have gritty guys. They're determined players. Then you have the Wizards who just have talent. Okay, and the starting Well, yeah, but just, Gortat is, Gortat is an insane pick and roll player. Yeah, like yeah. he's unstoppable, and sometimes. he's also gritty.
2: He he gets he gets the offensive boards. He right, but when you have
3: uh, a bench, you know a bench like the Celtics do, right? You have to have that grit. Whereas
2: if you have the starting lineup, yeah. you know that stacked. Is Ugre going to be, be really suspended? Don't. By the way,
0: that's why he I should
1: wanna, be. Yeah, I I think he should be. There's no Uh, word
0: on that yet. We'll keep an eye on it. I think that
1: he will be suspended. But I think when you're talking about the talent of the starting five of the Wizards, it speaks to the larger issue in this series if you're the Celtics, which is that you're getting off to horrible starts against this starting five. There's a reason for it. It's because the starting five of the Wizards is better. And once you get into the rotations and you start getting to your bench players— uh, later in the game i think that's been what sort of allowed the celtics to climb back into games catalyst. one and games Except two. In game yeah,
2: 2 but i don't know
1: what in game, happened in game 3 look they were they were on the road in a tough place to play and washington plays well at home so i think when you combine those two factors if you allow washington to get out to a lead like that on their home court you're not going to be able to come back the well, way you did in games one and two.
3: Yeah, and I think it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. I mean, we saw it in game one. They went down 16 to nothing. Then in game two, I think they were down like close to 17 points. The Celtics had to fight back. And I'm telling you right now, if they had these kind of starts in Washington, like Dave said, you, you can't come you can't back fight easily. Back. Yeah. You can't fight back because the not They didn't even try. Well, the I, I, contrib- I think they gave The up biggest the contributing
0: quarter. factor is that Isaiah Thomas attempted eight shots from the field. Well, yeah, that but... That can't happen.
3: And he was 7 for 11 from the free throw line. I mean, it's only four points, but, I mean, it still matters. Like, every little point matters. But I, I think the main point in this entire series is the energy from the Wizards in, in Game 3 was huge. Because Kelly Oubre did that for a reason. To wake the Wizards up. Well, it also could have went were, the other way, too, right? It could have, but it, it didn't. Couldn't
1: that have jolted the Celtics? I mean, at that
0: point, they're down 20 already. Yeah, so, but Kelly
3: Olynyk didn't have the uh, reaction that everybody.
1: Yeah, thought I, I, I
0: agree with more more with Dave though. I mean, the team that's usually down can use that. I mean, like if you're up twenty, why do you need a spark at that point? That's right, true.
1: right. It, it, it's just sort of a dumb play, in my opinion that takes uh, that takes Oubre out of the game and uh, could potentially have him suspended. at Right, that point, and that, yeah, ev- that 20, hurts their
2: bench depth even more. But,
1: like you know, if you're going to use the argument of, like, you want to give your team a spark, you're already up 20 points. That's not the time to do it. If right. you're trying to be physical and give your team a spark and you're up maybe five points, maybe ten points, I get that to an extent, but even then, that that's still a dumb, selfish play.
3: No, it is, but what I'm saying is in the entire series, I'm not looking at just the game. Sure. Because the entire series matters. Like it goes game by game, but also if you're getting your butts kicked, you know down the stretch in Boston, you want to come out and show a little more fight. You want to dominate the game in more ways than one. Not just by scoring more points, It's showing the mentality to say, "Hey, we're here for a reason." You know, we're one of the best team in the East because of where we are at and where we finished in the regular season. So I, I think it's the total package more than just the game. You know, Kelly Oubre is a liability to the Wizards anyway. He doesn't really bring much to the table. So I, he's a young player. He's, you know, very uh, immature. You know, it was premature for him to do that. I mean, to to not realize the consequences that he may face. You know, he loses that game, but also he might lose another game moving forward. Right. And I recognize that, but he's also a guy that just shoots 30% from the field.
1: Yeah, not a know, good offensive player.
3: And not defensive either. But, um, I, I think there's, like I said, like you said, Dave, a bunch of storylines in, inside of this game that really gets you going and you know keeps you intrigued and entertain the entire series.
1: yeah, and I I'd, I'd kind of like to switch the focus over to what happened on the floor because, yeah, you can go ahead and say, ah, scheduled loss, the Celtics have won six games straight. Um, And, you know, at home court for the Wizards is obviously a thing. But on the floor, there, the Celtics didn't play defense. Awful. They they played horrific defense. There were so many instances of... You the could Wizards tell there was, actually
2: played defense. Well, and there was hesitation
1: on the Celtics part, I think, to put a hand in a lot of these shooters' faces, especially John Wall. There were several times uh, he's got way too much space to be able to shoot, and he's way too talented a player to give him that much space. And I remember games one and games two thinking to myself, wow, they're really getting in the Wizards' faces. They're making things difficult for them. They didn't do that in game three. So there was definitely sort of a a laziness that I think in in game three for the Celtics that contributed to them losing by as much as they did.
3: I think the matchups were huge in that game because uh, Avery Bradley was playing John Wall. And I think the way that the Wizards thought was if we could somehow switch Avery Bradley with Isaiah Thomas, John Wall can go to work and use his length. I think that's what they mostly did was do a pick-and-roll with with the two guards, well, and, and so it kind of made a switch, so John Wall just yeah. played with Isaiah Thomas the entire game and all the guards. Well,
2: the thing is, what they weren't doing the first two games was attacking Isaiah Thomas on defense. They should have. Mm-hmm. And Brad Stevens was doing a good job of hiding him on the defensive end. Right. And game three, it was just attack it, it Isaiah. Yeah, was, and that's probably exposed. why he didn't shoot as much, because he was tired on the defensive end.
0: Exactly no, definitely right. possible But well, while we're on the uh, topic of Isaiah Thomas, though, this is something that Mark and I got into a heated discussion about that I want to bring up now is that, at least in my opinion, Isaiah Thomas is changing the perception of what he's capable of Mm -hmm. in the postseason by the day. Now, look, he's a defensive liability. He always has been, always will be. But I understand that. But I'm just saying that up until this point, we've talked about, you know, Isaiah Thomas is a star. He's not a superstar. And I still don't think he's a superstar. But right now in the postseason, I think he is more on the precipice of being a superstar than I did a month ago. Would you agree?
3: Yeah, I would agree, but you're going to ask it, and I don't think he's worth it, the max contract.
0: I think he's worth it. I think if you're Danny Ainge, you walk in right now and you say, if you agree to a max contract right now, let's do it. I think he's starting to show that he's
1: sort of worth it. I mean, what do we always talk about when we were were talking about Isaiah in the regular season? He's a
2: B player playing
1: at an A level. Well, I don't know about that anymore. I think at this point he's an an A. A, If you play at an A level long enough, you're an A player. When a guy shows up at this time of year in the postseason, How long has he played like this? Uh, when has he ever had an opportunity to really do this in the postseason? Uh last year. Yeah, for one series, and we all know that the Celtics weren't ready.
0: Yes, and neither was he. But obviously. he
1: is. But he seems to be now. When you agree, he, wouldn't you agree, he's up this aver- game.
0: Yeah, he's averaging twenty six points in six assists. I mean, so ha- so how the can you not agree? game two against the Bulls,
1: he's got the what the
0: second most uh, average so, points so, per game besides well, LeBron in so the playoffs. So what about
1: game one?
2: Why isn't that averaged in? Because I mean, like,
0: no, I'm saying he's averaging 26 and 6 since the series with the Bulls from game three against the Bulls onwards. Uh, okay. Why game I'm one and that, two? No, the reason I'm saying that is because because I'm looking at the well, six look, game winning are, streak. And Brian. we all know okay. what was going on in games one and games we two. We know with that he wasn't Thomas. emotionally right at that point.
1: And I think that the team sort of follows suit there. I mean, we talked about before that. You know, it may have been hard for the team to really get to work and play basketball with Isaiah in the state that he's I'm he just saying, emotionally. if
2: you're uh, pay, being paid max money, you you don't have a night to take so, off.
1: So let's just get back to the max contract discussion because I think what we've talked about all regular season long with regards to Isaiah is, yes, he's performing well at a very high caliber. We thought he would finish top three in the MVP voting this year for the most part. Yep. Uh, top when, five. We, what, but what did we say we needed to see? We needed to see when the intensity got ramped up and teams were keying in on Isaiah in the postseason, when it's more difficult to score and create space and create your own shot, can he do it? And he's doing it. So when a guy is doing it, when you thought maybe he wasn't worth the max contract and he starts showing you in the postseason... That he can hit those shots, that he can put up big points in big games, then you got to look at it again and reevaluate. It's a different, it's a different time than it was four weeks ago for Isaiah. Uh, I, so. I, will,
3: I, I will say that as long as Isaiah Thomas is in a Celtics uniform, and you can argue against me all you want, I just don't think that the Celtics will win an NBA uh, championship. I, I you have
0: to give you. an actual reason at this point. There's no reason to believe that they can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's two, not the. That's they're not two games away. I, don't, I once don't think you get there. The reason, anything can happen. No. The reason why. One once
2: you get there, LeBron will shut you down and go to the finals. That's, it, that's it, what it is.
3: Yeah, and the comparison with uh, Allen Iverson is right on the money, I, I think. I, I mean, you know, his height, is, it is what it is, okay? It comes with it. But when you talk about, you know, a, a pure scorer, pure scorer, yes, there's Kobe Bryant, there's MJ, there's all these other players in the past that have won championships just out of pure scoring. But when it comes to Isaiah Thomas, he's not a facilitator. Like he, he and Neither d-
0: was Allen Iverson. That's my so, point. No, no, so are you saying the Sixers made a mistake by drafting Allen Iverson? No, no, no.
3: I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying let's pump the brakes because Philadelphia made it to the NBA Finals how many times, boys? Once. Against the LA Lakers.
0: And then they, didn't they get swept?
3: They got swept. They didn't win. So my point is, yeah, uh, Allen Iverson had like, you know, Derek Coleman and Eric Snow and you know, Aaron McKee, all these guys around him that were mediocre. And you could say the same thing about Isaiah Thomas currently. But when you talk about appearing aspects, scoring titles, yes, in the regular season, he's bonafide, okay? But you're talking about regular, I mean, postseason, I just don't think he can get it done from a standpoint of an NBA championship. Agreed. So, they Mark, swept, I, I think one of the long.
1: arguments, though, that I've always had against him not being a facilitator is who else can shoot on this team? It's Isaiah and that's it. Well, so y- he has well, yeah, to shoot but the rock. Maybe
3: is... Bradley's been Isaiah... but,
1: but I mean, not not the way that Isaiah no, can. No, you know, no. not the way yeah. that Isaiah is capable of. So I think right. that yes, you're right about one thing. Isaiah is not the guy to lead this team to a championship. But he can absolutely be a part of a championship. Well, yeah, but if you, oh. 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 Mac, if you pay him a max, if you pay him a max deal, yeah, yeah, you don't you, have room for anything else. If you pay him a max deal and you do something about Jarebko next year, or you do something about one of your other guys like a Gerald Green or someone that you can uh, or. Uh, a Amir Johnson, for crying yes, out loud, is making over $10 million a year. You still
2: don't have enough room for another max Yes, field. you
1: do. If you, get rid of, if you get rid of some money, like Amir Johnson and a Jonas Jurebko, you can make, enough, you can make enough space. Jurebko's making like $2 million. You can make enough space by <laughs> dumping certain players on your roster, certain depth players, to be able to sign a max free agent, Gordon Hayward perhaps, and you can keep that pick. Then you're talking about something here with the Celtics team because we're starting to see that Isaiah can be a big-time postseason That was the one question with this guy. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's not the guy to lead you to the promised land, but he could easily be a two on a championship team. If you get another guy on this roster, there's no reason Isaiah can't be part of a championship roster.
3: Yeah, that's a good point, Dave. But, um, you know, I I think they have like $30 million to spend if they do get rid of Amir Johnson and Jonas Derepko and all these contracts coming off the books. Um, So they could make a shot at the Gordon Hayward and then get Markel Fultz in the draft. I think that's ideal. But then moving forward, you also have to key in the factor of you still need more money to throw at Isaiah Thomas. So you're going to have to trade Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, some of those pieces, and utilize that money to sign Isaiah Thomas, which could happen. but. Can we continue this when we get yeah, back? Yeah, of
0: course. I, I got a lot to say on this, whether or not they end up taking Markel Fultz or Alonzo Ball with what we think will be the number one pick for the Celtics. But right. just quickly going back to Amir Johnson before we go to break. Uh, he's coming off the books. $12 million this year. Yeah. So there you go. Good chunk of That's, com- that's coming off the books. Yeah.
3: That'll help. Uh, I, I said $30 million they'll have they'll have to spend if they get rid of all the right guys.
0: All right. Well, we'll come back talking more about this. 603-883-9900. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire.
3: Um, today is my sister's birthday. So... She would have been 23 today. So, at least I can do is go out there and play for her.
0: Isaiah Thomas!
1: Tremendous layup by Thomas. I'm living in that 21st century doing uh, something mean to love it. Well, Talk to anybody ever seen. The that delivery that's by that that Isaiah Thomas. Thomas Offer the program. I guess every superhero. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas loves that corner. Thomas high screen from smart. Wall got hit. Thomas to the hoop. It's good and a foul. My sister wouldn't want me to stop. The
3: only thing about it is once I leave this gym, I hit reality and she's not here. So that's the that's the tough part. But when I'm when I'm in this, when I'm in this arena, I can, I can lock in and, and I know everything I do is for her.
1: Thomas, he's got it! Isaiah Thomas from Long Range. Thomas. Gets it back, 12 to shoot. Mismatch against Gortat. Isaiah Thomas drives in, kicks it out. Rozier, big shot. Oh, he's gone. We are
2: tied at 110 apiece.
0: Isaiah Thomas to bounce. Horford fills the lane and he lays it in. Beautiful setup by Thomas. Thomas. Gets a step
1: on wall. Morris there to greet him. Thomas with the flip. Isaiah Thomas, 46 points. Defeating him. Isaiah Thomas to the hole.
3: Isaiah Thomas is a machine. I mean, y'all know what time it is. Thomas
0: crosses. cold and one. And they just don't have any answer they tried switches they tried trapping going under isaiah thomas right now in a
3: zone
1: thomas it goes caps off a remarkable night for isaiah thomas 53 points and boston has run away with it boston wins the battle in game two celtics victorious in overtime Epic performance from
3: Isaiah
1: Thomas. It's my sister. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday. She would have been 23 today, so everything I do is for her, and she's watching over me, so that's all her.
0: back here on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Just picking up with the conversation we were having about Isaiah Thomas. I know this is looking forward a little bit past the postseason, but Mm -hmm. Dave and I seem to be of the, the same mindset that Isaiah Thomas is a guy that you can really get behind if you're the Celtics here. Again, we were talking about it all year long. How much of a star is Isaiah Thomas? Is he on the precipice of being a superstar? I would say at this point he has proven yes. And the next logical place to go in that argument is what does that do for you if you're Danny Ainge heading into the draft? If you end up with the number one overall pick, Brooklyn's pick, Do you take either Alonzo Ball or Markel Fultz, or do you pass on that, go with someone else, and commit to Isaiah Thomas long-term with a max contract?
1: So I think that it just leaves more options for him, doesn't it? You You can sort of decide what's best for your team at that point when the draft comes around. Do we want to use this pick in a trade, or do we want to maybe go out and sign a free agent like Gordon Hayward and use the pick... And, and then you've sort of set yourself up to have success now, and if that pick turns out to be a good one, and the player can develop into even close to a superstar, now you're talking, you're having long-term success here on this team. And I think that, more so than anything, if you, if you listen to uh, Wick Grossback and you listen to Danny Ainge, that's what they're trying to do here. They're not trying to have a flash-in-the-pan team. No. They want long-term success, multiple runs to an NBA final. Really, the the ultimate goal here is to win a championship with this team. I think that they've been smart about it, honestly. And I know that we, we sort of complained at the deadline, right? Why didn't you at least add a rebounder? You know, you needed a guy that could grab you some boards in the postseason if you got to this point, if you got up against Cleveland. But you know what? Look at the Toronto Raptors right now. They went out. They made some moves. Yeah, they, they made got... their roster better. They got Serge Ibaka, a guy that can grab them boards. Guess what? I don't think they made them better, but... It didn't do anything. Yeah. In re- in reality, Cleveland was still worlds better than you. So you didn't waste any of your assets here at the trade deadline. And I think that now, looking back on it, even though we argued about it and we complained about it... Pretty smart move. It was move. pretty smart. Yeah. Because you weren't going to beat Cleveland. And I know that that sucks that the NBA has no parity. It's one of the biggest issues that I have with it. But at the same time, that's the league that you're in. And if the goal is to win a championship, then you've got to be smart about what you do with all those assets. So I think that going into this uh, offseason, you've got a couple different options. And, yeah. I, and I don't think that any of them really are bad options when we're talking about how Isaiah's performing. And just to touch on one other thing, with this, with this league, we see a lot of the superstars, You know, they don't always have the greatest attitude or anything like that. Isaiah Thomas, for what it's worth, if he's not going to put up points, I almost don't need him to. I almost don't need him to produce at a superstar level because what he's showed us here during these playoffs is that he's one of the toughest players in the league. He's going to be there to lift your team up, even when he's hurt or going through uh, emotional issues. Yeah, You know, like he's, he lost his sister right at the beginning of this postseason. He hasn't missed a second. That's the kind of guy I want on an NBA roster because there's not a lot of players like that in this league.
3: Yeah, and Dave, I mean all the you know traits that he has and the flexibility that the Celtics have, it does say that you know they can make a run at maybe one or two NBA titles with him. I'm not saying that you know they're they're gonna win it, but I, I really think you know the small small guys get a lot of um, grief in, in the NBA, and I, I think the way that Isaiah Thomas plays with his you know, passion and to, to make all of us, you know, uh, Avery Bradley better, Al, Al Horford better. Um, I think it's ingredients for him to be a successful player. Like you said, maybe he becomes a piece of a championship title team. I don't think he is the guy. So, you know, I, I think right now he is compared to Allen Iverson the proper way because he is a scoring and, guard. And
0: here's the thing. Maybe that's why Allen Iverson never won a title. Allen Iverson, as great as he was, pound for pound at his size, the greatest player in NBA history given the size right. that he was, maybe Allen Iverson should have never been the number one on his team. Maybe he should have been the number two and the Sixers never did that for him. And then he became a journeyman and he played with the Nuggets and he went and played with the Grizzlies. And that's why he never won a championship is maybe he needed that, you know, a a big man, you know, like how Kobe had Shaq and then he had Powell. Although by the time he got Powell, Kobe was the number one. Alan Iverson never had that other guy that he could play with. So maybe that's what they need with Isaiah Thomas is they need to bring another guy. And you keep talking, Mark, about bringing in Gordon Hayward, and that's why they shouldn't commit to Isaiah Thomas. Why can't you bo- give them both max contracts and move some rosters, like move some stuff around here? If Danny Ainge uh, really wanted why. to pay them both max contracts, he can dump guys left and right and make the room. Well, yeah, but yeah. you
2: need to fill out the roster He'll still. fill
0: out the roster, but How he can you change that? the roster. Look at the depth on this roster right Look at what the Celtics did between the 06 Europe. Look at what the Celtics right. did between 6 07 and 7 08. Drastically different. You kept Paul Pierce. You kept Rajon Rondo, who was a rookie the previous year. And then you d- total overhaul with the rest of the roster. Why can't you do that again and I just, just keep the pieces that you want?
3: I, I think Brad Stevens just loves continuity. He's been all about it. He comes from Butler, okay, uh, A.J. Graves, um, Gordon Hayward. The, he loves these guards, and these guys always stay until their fourth year. And the reason why is because... They live with Brad Stevens, like in 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 the basketball life. Okay? Well, yeah,
2: but Gordon Hayward can also be a stretch three.
3: He could be a stretch three. He could be a, a two guard. He could play point. He can, he could do it all. Yeah, I, I think he is overlooked in the West because you guys you got guys like James Harden, you guys you know, Steph Curry, Leonard. Uh, yeah, fine. On, so, that's
0: fine. He gets overlooked, but that doesn't mean you can't bring him here to play with Isaiah Thomas. They play two different positions. You can make the room given the salary cap space that they can make to pay them both. Yeah, but it's it's not not as
2: flexible as the NFL one.
1: No, it's not. But look, with the depth that you have on this team and how deep your bench is, you get rid of three or four guys off this roster and you add Gordon Hayward, you're better overall. You still have depth. I think that they can easily pull that off. It's like we said, Amir Johnson coming off the books is uh, a uh, huge yeah, chunk of chance.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I would have to look at the financial obligations that everyone's owed and how much it would cost to get Jordan Hayward. Jonas has five. Yeah. Gerald has five. Um, Amir Johnson has t- 12.
1: Right.
3: Right? That's 22 right there coming off the books.
1: It's practically your max contract.
3: But, and they have like other contracts coming off the books. I forget who, but they have like eight more million dollars. So it comes out to thirty million. And, and let's
1: not forget that right now, and how as much would I say? It they already have room for one more max contract guy. Yes. You only need to make room for a second max contract guy if you want to keep Isaiah at a max deal. You already have Horford at a max deal. Well, yes, you but, move those players off the roster. As yes, Mark just but you mentioned, also need to. Uh,
2: like refill out the roster the rest of the way so you can't spend okay, all so the look, money on the two but max you just, contracts You guys. just
1: name three guys that if you get rid of them and you yeah. get the money off the books, you basically have your max contract money for that third max contract guy. If it's Gordon Hayward, then that's a free agent coming here right. and you can make your first round pick. And you've got Jalen Brown, who's who's contributing already and still developing. You, you, you can still, still need keep th- Avery Bradley yeah. and Marcus Smart. Okay. Your You're, depth is is fantastic. I'm not here. talking about depth.
2: I'm talking about just bodies-wise. You need to make sure there's enough money for there the will lower be. end there of the will bench. There
1: will be. There is a way for them to do this. There is. You
2: sure you don't yes. know? Do you know how
1: much Gordon Hayward's going to cost? I haven't crunched the numbers, but <laughs> so I know there he's going to you go. Co- look, like, he, uh, <laughs> Brian, he's going to cost you a max contract. All right, I guarantee you. If you look at these There's numbers, different... we're going to be able to find a way to make it so that you can have Isaiah. Uh, There's Hayward, a way, but I just want to make sure it works out financially. That's all I'm saying. It, it will work out financially. There is a way to make it happen. Absolutely.
3: And, and I, I hate playing GM, but at the same time, I, I, I look at the flexibility that the Celtics have. And they don't necessarily have to just flat out sign Gordon Hayward. They right. can do a sign and trade. And I think if they want to sign Isaiah Thomas to an extension, that's the way to do it because you can trade Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder and maybe another pick moving forward for a guy like Gordon Hayward. That way you still have the $22 million plus to give the money to Isaiah Thomas for an extension. Sure. So, and, and there's different levels of max contracts right. here. You know, uh, two-year two, two guys, um, I think they can make an extension. But, like, Paul George, for instance, okay, he's getting $130 million right now. If he makes first-team All-NBA, he gets an, uh, another $70 million added to his contract. So, it's $200 million. Okay, so that's a different t- type of level to right. the max contract. Gordon Hayward would probably be, like, $20, 24000000 million per year. Exactly. Well, it so, also
0: depends on, like, a... It, it, your max contract Can depend on If you're staying With your current team Or right. if you leave Bird Because if you writes, stay With your current team It's five years yeah. If you leave It's four Right and, and Bird, But certain increases right. Come into play
1: well, So and y- look Mark If if that's the number Right If you're saying That Gordon Hayward's somewhere in between 20 and 24 million Then we've We've already We've just, already got the answer In terms of fitting Hayward Onto the roster If that's actually can, The number They can already it could go up Based on Again the they, NBA. they already yeah. have Enough room For one more max contract Guys So without Amir Johnson 12 billion Gerald Green five and and yep. five you've already got 22 million right there I think
3: sellers up too
1: and you already have the room for one more max contract guy right now so yes you can make that happen you can have three max contract guys and keep the pick you can you can do that and that that's absolutely that can
3: happen that's the beauty of it and I'm telling you right now if the Celtics get like a two or three out of um the lottery they're going to trade down and get either Tatum or another piece. Right. Um, but if they get the number one pick, they got to go Ma- Markel Fultz. I we mean, we just, just have to
2: hope the Nets get that
1: number one pick. You, know? you, well, you don't want Lonzo Ball in his $650 shoes. Hey, $495. $495. Well, not if you're a size 14 or higher. Yeah, Or 220 for slippers. Yeah, 220 for sandals. <laughs> so, so what if a if you, crock of crap that
0: is. If
3: you want a pair of sandals and a shoe, it's what? Like a like grand? $700. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. For
0: a guy that has not played a single game in the NBA, I don't <laughs> think even
3: like KD's or that much. Hey, Levar ridiculous. Ball, good luck paying off your
0: debt. He's 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 whoring out his kids is what is what he's doing. Yeah, yeah he's
1: well, ridiculous. and he's also making it impossible for the uh, average Joe to afford the sneaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's called the Big Baller Brand, so I guess he has no interest in big, selling to the big, average Joe. Right, big ballers yeah. have to buy those.
0: All right, uh, 603-883-9900, a lot was made this week of the Adam Jones controversy. By now I'm sure you all have heard. He heard a racial taunt at Fenway that was directed towards him. Uh, We'll get into that next on the Sports Blast, DSP New Hampshire.